Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name's Baron, And I'm Elsa. We've lived five years on the road in our 13-foot scamp trailer, exploring the backcountry of the West with our dog, Camp. Now, we dive into a new chapter as we build an off-grid home on our land in Colorado. Hello, and welcome back to another Normal to Nomad podcast episode. This one, I'm going to be taking the reins on, but Baron is here because it's also a very important topic for dudes. Yeah, and we won't just be talking about periods, but most of it will be about hormones, women's hormones specifically in periods, right? And the reproductive cycle and how to operate all these things as a couple in a tiny space, camping, traveling. That's really important for dudes, especially to like figure out how this all works. Cause then you and your spouse or significant other or what have you can work as a team rather than like a a hormonal cycle, just being like a big surprise for everybody. Cause that's no fun. Even though guys don't have reproductive cycles, periods, they still experience it directly or indirectly, even if it's not a couple. Like half the population is made up of women. Right. So if we could all be a little bit more open about talking about this, I think there'd be a lot more empathy and understanding. Because if if I know that you're going to be sad or like experiencing different, different like modes of thinking that are difficult, then I can help you with that. But if it's all just a surprise and I'm here trying to figure out what in the world's going on and there's nothing actually wrong... But it feels like everything's wrong. It's like, I can't, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's really challenging. Yeah. So we have worked together over these last five years to figure this out. And it's been a huge help because hormones and periods and cycles and everything, it's been one of the biggest hiccups of our entire life living in a tiny space. Because there's not a space to to leave to and hide from each other, especially in the winter. So we've had to be very communicative about all of this. And it's been challenging, I'd say, for both of us to figure it out. But we're going to go over some tips and tricks on how to how to deal with it. And also just like people ask me all the time how, to, how I deal with the actual process of having a period in a tiny space or camping or traveling. So we'll talk about that a little bit too. To start off, Quick, brief explanation of my background and my lifetime of no experience in this subject. Catholic grade school, there was, sex education was laughable. It was nothing other than wait till you're married. Then uh, freshman year of high school, I went to public school. And still, in PE class, we had, I think, like basic anatomy and basic reproductive cycle education. Do you remember I remember I tried, they were telling us all about it, like in the most vague language. And I'm like, so how does the sperm mix with the egg? Like, just (laughs) say it, you know? And they wouldn't say it. They were like, oh, that's for next year. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Like they're alluding to this one thing happening over and over again. And I had an inkling, you know, but I'm like, just say what's happening. But they wouldn't. And I hated it. I didn't figure out how the process worked until I was like 15 or 16, which I think is pretty pathetic that 
that's it's not more of a this is like the life force this is how we are all alive and yet I had no idea how it worked as a mid-teenager it's freaking crazy I'm kind of embarrassed but not really I blame the education system and people brought up the last time we were talking about this at home you're supposed to learn about this at home um but I feel like 10 20 30 years ago I feel like things were different talking about social things sexuality and stuff was not as common as it is today I think it's more encouraged today for people to be able to be open about it it was kind of hard back then as a parent because it's like it's kind of like Santa like if you tell your kids about Santa what's going on first then you're the bad guy right Mm. where the same thing with like how sex works if you're telling your kid how it works and they go to school and they're like oh my god (laughs) check this out and obviously Then then everybody's like oh of course and you know being like in grade school age going to catholic school of course my parents i i don't know for it was just catholic school thing wait till marriage that's all when i was 10 i i came home from a basketball game we'd lost every game in the season and i stuff i used to to clean my room i would stuff all my weird i would stuff all my crap under my bed and we came home and my dad was i think he was very upset at me i don't really know the circumstances around why he decided to clean for me pull everything out from under my bed he'd do that sometimes and there was a pooh bear journal remember i was 10 where i said i want to have sex with this boy and i i had no idea what it meant i just thought it meant kissing um i'd never kissed a boy before i didn't know anything Catholic grade school didn't know a damn thing um he was pissed finding that just super pissed called me into the room Pooh Bear or the boy my dad I know (laughs) he was pissed but I think he was actually more pissed about my dirty room or like how bad I was at basketball my mom was outside in the hall laughing I didn't know what I didn't know what, what what I had done and I remember thinking that night I was so embarrassed and I still didn't know what was going on, but I knew I'd done something bad. And I told myself that in 10 years, when I'm 20, nobody will remember this. So I won't ever talk about sex. I won't think about sex. I won't ever do this again until I'm 20. And so I think that that helped me develop a giant fear of sex. Would never have asked my parents about it. And I'm sure they'll laugh listening to this now. I wonder if they even remember that. Because now I'm 30. How funny to think that I would get over it eventually. Gosh, well, you didn't. I was mortified. Well, <laughs> and that probably contributes to how I came to be 16 years old and not know how a penis went into a vagina. I mean, you and just it just ruined it. <laughs> We're saving that until the end. But. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't know until I was like 25, 26 that you can't. You can only get pregnant as a female when you're ovulating. I thought you could get pregnant any time. It's pretty pathetic. Well, it seems like that's a bit of information that everybody should know. I, I agree. But I've passed that by a couple of friends and <laughs> just, not, you know, it's like nobody knows that. Well, I'm sure plenty of people know that that's how that works, but a lot of people don't. But I feel like then it's just a crapshoot, right? If people. Like, it's safer for people to know how that works as far as, like, having kids or not. 
rather than just like going in blind every time. I think just across the board, sex education is important because also teaching about how it works so that you can decide if birth control is the right thing for you. I think you should have a very full understanding of the whole process so that you can move forward and decide. I mean, sure, you know then you have six days to get pregnant. Maybe kids would be less careful. Like plus or minus two on the other side, huh? Um, Or on the early side? No. It's more like four plus or minus is the two. Okay. It, It depends. It's all different for every woman. You can use different methods to figure out when you're ovulating and then you can know based on your cycle when you could get pregnant. So that's everything, even the amount of time that a cycle lasts. Like everybody says 28 days. It's so, so varies from person to person. But it Does that sh- have anything to do with the moon? Mm, people would argue yes. And they say that when you have your period, like I was synced to the full moon for like two and a half years. And they say that that's a, I think that's a red moon or a, uh, there's some, I don't know. A blood moon? Yeah. It's, no, no, no. Blood moon is a thing. There's some sort of, in folklore, you're more likely to be fertile, better able to become Procreate. pregnant if you have your, uh, if you ovulate on the full moon. Really? If you have your period is on the new moon. everybody's up all night? I'm not sure. If you have your period on the new moon, that is like new cleansing, fresh, we're starting over, new cycle. So I've been having my period on the full moon, which is more of, they say that's like the medicine woman, the, like not the pregnant people. But it's shifting right now. I'm doing some work that we'll talk about on the end, in the end. And I love to, I love to think of the idea that our periods are really synced to the moon, but I truly just don't know enough. I don't know enough, but I hope to learn more. So education needs to happen. That's kind of the gist of that, is I feel like I got kind of shafted. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's stupid that it's so taboo, because hopefully everybody does it at some point, you know? So to, it's like death, you know? Yeah, and death like is also equally death. right. On people cannot talk about. Seems death. like they're pretty important topics to, like, spill the beans about and try to figure out together. I began coming to understand my body after years of taking hormonal birth control, and I will talk more about what I've learned throughout the whole process and of birth control a little bit later. But I took birth control just like everybody else in high school because I thought I could get pregnant anytime. I took it for about eight years. Then I went and did a plant medicine ceremony that made me rethink uh, using chemical substances and pharmaceuticals, especially daily. And the what I was using was birth control. And I just kind of had a bit of an awakening deciding that that's not what I want for my body. And there have to be other ways for me to not become pregnant. I did it without telling Baron came back from this retreat a few days later and was like, yo, I stopped taking my birth control pill. And I should say, I keep saying birth control. When I say birth control, I mean the hormonal birth control pill. It's kind of lumped into one when really birth control could be condoms, diaphragms, birth control. We're controlling the ability to 
give well, birth, but... but it's the ability to get pregnant more than it is to give birth. That, the that, idea of birth I mean. control is kind of like... But that's what they, I mean, generally it's lumped into, when you're talking about hormone, like the pill, you yeah. say birth control. It should be called pregnant control. <laughs> yes, it should be called the pill, is what I'm saying. Okay. But all birth control should be called pregnant control, not birth control. Okay, good input. It's not, well, I like it's that. Not, well, once you're pregnant, <laughs> like, you could still, like, if you get pregnant, and, like, birth control is not going to stop birth. You are totally Your right. Birth is happening. We should, like, put you on the committee or something for naming these Let me know. Things. If you guys know who's who I should write a letter to, and I will. So, do you remember when I came to you and told you that I was not taking it anymore? No. I remember that experience that you went through, but I don't remember, like, that wasn't... I came back and I told you, and we were in our room. We had a house we were living in. We had one of the bedrooms of three, and six people were living in this house. Anyway, I told you, and you were a little bit like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Why? What do you mean? And then it took about a minute for us to come to the decision that, okay... If we're, if something happens, I get pregnant, we're going to send it. Do we agree to that? And it was kind of like, cool. Okay. We'd been together for six or seven, five, four. We'd been together for some years at that point. And it felt like, I mean, that's why I didn't talk to you beforehand was because I knew that you would understand. But Well, and uh, did you know before going to that ceremony that that was going to be the result? No. Well, then how, why would you have talked to me beforehand if you didn't know that that was what was going to happen? I mean, I would have, like, maybe called you before I stopped taking it that night. Oh. But it was like, no, this is my choice. I'm going to do this, and we're going to figure it out. I think I remember you being a little bit um, un. You found condoms to be pretty undesirable, especially at that time. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Sure. But... It wasn't for a few years that I started learning about the fertility awareness method where you start tracking your cycle. Did and that coincide with bullet journaling? It did. And I started bullet journaling because I was freaked out. Because about a year to a year and a half after my period, I started spotting before after I was getting off birth control, the pills. pill. Yeah. I started spotting for, um, it never stopped. So that's been like... And you want to quickly say what that means? Spotting means it's like bleeding, but it's not your period. It's like usually a really light um, brown, red, pink. It depends on like sometimes you'll have spotting while you're ovulating. Um, what's that? Sometimes you'll spot like after implantation. Sometimes people spot after sex if they have a terrible STD or something. Uh, it's just like really light flow bleeding that could happen for a million different reasons. So I started spotting up to 10 days before every single cycle. And again, that has not stopped. And so I got super, super afraid because also I was like, I was finally experiencing a real period for the first time since my first periods as a pubescent female because I'd been suppressing my true um, reproductive cycle my ability to have real periods, I had not had one the entire time that I was on birth control. So I had to kind of learn what it was like to have a cycle and feel the different shifts of period, PMS, um, ovulation and everything. And that took a minute for me to figure out. It was really kind of terrifying. 
because we were in this camp at that point, living in a space where, I don't know, everything was new. Everything is so small. We can't, like, move to another room if we're having arguments and don't want to talk about it. It was pretty tough. And the spotting just freaked me out. So I started bullet journaling to track my food, exercise, sleep, my mood, everything. And those videos are on YouTube if you want to check it out. And all those things, like, compounded upon one another. And that's kind of what you're finding out now, too, which I'm sure you'll get into later. But, like... Since you were spotting, that like wigged you out, and then that would make your like mood like you'd be more stressed out, and then all of those things would just like snowball into one another. I would stop sleeping, I'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, yeah, for sure. And it's so wild how hormones affect sleep mostly negatively. So then, if if your hormone cycle's off, you don't sleep well, and then if you don't sleep well, it jacks up your hormones, so it's just. It's fascinating to learn that my particular cycle issues spawn from my mind, which is just freaking nuts. If I could get a better grip on my mind, that would help with my cortisol levels, my ability to sleep. Because what I learned from bullet journaling and tracking everything, and again, if you want to check out how I did that, it was really, I thought it was really cool. I cannot believe Like, I'm a person who stuffs all my crap under my bed, but I was so organized to the T with this bullet journaling. It was really weird. It's super cool activity to do at night. Um, But what I learned from it was that all of my issues happen during my follicular, or my luteal phase. There's two phases in your cycle. Well, technically four, but we're going to talk about the main two. The follicular phase happens from the day that you start your period to ovulation. Then from ovulation to the day that you start your period, your next period, is the luteal phase. Why do they call them that? Mm, the follicular phase it has something to do maybe with like your developing follicle, and then your egg drops at ovulation. And then your luteal phase, maybe that's something to do with a luteinizing hormone. Hmm. I'm not sure. But the during your follicular phase, right when you start your period, that's when your estrogen is higher than your progesterone. I think it's estradiol. No, that's the synthetic one. Estrogen. Anyway, I'm going to give some book recommendations so that you can learn about all of this stuff. This has all been, um, I don't know, stuck deep back in my brain and I haven't pulled it out for a while. But follicular phase is when estrogen is higher than progesterone. Then you ovulate and your progesterone spikes up and that's what helps you sleep, be calm. Um, Progesterone, I think, is what... That's how you prevent breast cancer is if you have super low progesterone and you have super high estrogen, estrogen tends to create cancer. Anyway, I mean, that's a whole thing to unwrap as well. But why do like why do people take people take or do women take estrogen or do they just take progesterone? It seems like like it's so much easier to be estrogen dominant because of all of the phytoestrogens, all of the toxins and everything. I'm not really... And like is soy a phytoestrogen? Soy is, yes. So isn't that... Don't they derive synthetic estrogen from soy? I'm not... I've never really looked into um, taking synthetic estrogen because it's never been something that I've felt that I've needed. And what's the other one? Progesterone. Progesterone. Progesterone is from like wild yams, right? Mm-hmm. 
And that people often take, like for pregnancy, you need a lot of progesterone. And people are often deficient in it for the same reasons. Toxins, diet, exercise. I had my hormones tested recently and my progesterone, I thought it was super low because all my issues are in my luteal phase, the second phase. So that's when the progesterone is supposed to be high and it's just a little low. My testosterone is really low and I don't exactly know what that means. Often when women have PCOS, which is really, really common, they have really high testosterone. So they have a lot of androgynous symptoms like facial hair, hair on the back. And um, I assume that that's from the high testosterone. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it can. No, right. And PCOS, PC, it's PCOS and endometriosis are the two most talked about period kind of issues that seem most easily to diagnosable as, um, what did I say? Not PCOS, but endometriosis. Apparently that's kind of hard to diagnose too. Like you have to have a surgery to figure out if you've got super painful periods and really heavy bleeding, that can often mean endometriosis. What does that mean? I think it has something to do with. I'm trying I, to think what an osis is. I don't want to like itis is. Itis is a disease or an infection? It's, it's swelling. Oh. Like bronchitis is swelling of the bronchial tubes, pipeways. What is a bronchial? <laughs> Isn't it the broccoli in your lung? Or is it the tube going down to it? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's been Arthritis, there. swelling yeah. of joints. Of the arteries. Osis. I don't know. We've got Starlink now. Do we want to look No, up? I turned it off, so oh, it's okay. not interfering. Great. Darn. Sorry for the derailment. Yeah, endometriosis. I looked more into PCOS because it seemed like I had more symptoms of that. I really only know what it seemed like I should know based on my own symptoms. I didn't study too much for the sake of other people. So. But there are lots of things that you stumble across. in. For sure. So that's why I thought that my luteal phase was progesterone-related, is because my issues only happen during my luteal phase, and I learned that from tracking my cycle. My spotting would happen after either eating soy, which is a phytoestrogen. And that's something that I was like, oh, okay, sure. But it, you Until know you I mean? saw my data. Yeah, it was like... It, well, because that kind of stuff is just hard for me to fathom. That like the phytoestrogens in soy could like jack up your hormones. Is like, is that real? You know what I mean? It seems kind of crazy. It doesn't have to be real. I mean, for other bodies, it is. Yeah, it's not necessarily real for everybody. Mm -hmm. But to see that, like, clearly, it's having some kind of effect on your hormones or s something because it would cause your spotting like, like clockwork. Like we would try, like after you pin that down, then we tested it and it's pin on every time. It's then fascinating. I came to learn that high amounts of sugar, if we would have a bunch of crappy ice cream and cookies and everything, mm. just like that, the next day I'd be spotting as well. So then I thought, is this inflammation related? What I've learned in the last couple years is that it also happens after big periods of stress. So that's kind of what I'm talking to my naturopath currently about. Um, I am seeing a naturopath right now just to make sure that my body is. For people that are like, oh, of course she goes to a naturopath. Ooh. Why would you go to a naturopath over a classic doctor? Well, because Western medicine 
I've been to gynecologists. All that they say is get on birth control because that will regulate your period. And that's totally, that's an absolute lie. It does not regulate your period. It stops. It just controls it completely. It stops your own reproductive hormones from functioning. It replaces them with synthetic hormones so that your body thinks that you are pregnant. So that you don't ovulate. And when you don't ovulate, you don't have a period. So you stop taking the birth control for those that those four days where you have your period or you take your sugar pill for your period. That's just... it's. You don't even have to have that bleed. You can continue on. But I believe that that's just so that your body thinks that it's doing something normal. Like it thinks that. So are you still shedding like uterine lining or does that not even develop? Or how does that work? That's a good question because I think it's, I think it is estrogen that thickens your lining, which would make sense because then progesterone, it, mm, I'm not sure. I forget. Um, what was your question? If, if you're having a like pill-based period, it's oh, like not a full, full, is it like, is the same thing happening? Well, I guess not because you wouldn't have those cycles of estrogen and progesterone to thicken and then thin and thicken and thin. The you're, wall, you're the assuming, lining, right? yeah, you're, assu- the, your body assumes that you're pregnant. So you're not ovulating. So then you're not. having a period which is the release of the uterine lining and that clears the egg too that had been seated in the follicular follicular phase yeah i believe so in your whole uterine lining and your uterine lining needs to be nice and thick to absorb and hold on to the sperm right see shouldn't we know these things so okay so when you after you ovulate how long after you ovulate do you have your period? Usually around two weeks. Okay. I had a short luteal phase, I have for a while, which made me think that I had progesterone deficiency. And that... luteal phase is first. Luteal phase is second. Follicular phase is first. Okay. Yeah, I forget why. So it goes follicular, then ovulation, then luteal, then period. Yes. So those are the four phases. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah, there are four phases. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> Some people refer to the phases of the period as the four seasons: spring, summer, winter, fall. Fall, winter. <laughs> and so is winter your period? Well, that usually for most people, yes. Winter is your period. Then right after your period, that's spring. Seems then... like fall would be your period. Doesn't that make more sense? I will explain how, based on the way that I see seasons myself and experience them myself, I feel like, so most women explain their periods to be winter. And most women is loose language, so we're sorry about it. Winter is when you want to hunker down, just be solo, be quiet, rest. That's when you're on your period. After your period, you kind of emerge, and that's when most women are creative, that's when uh, you have a lot of energy. You can be more social around those times. The after ovulation is a huge time to be super social. It's when my confidence skyrockets because I mean naturally, you would want to. I don't know. I I've heard that you're you release pheromones and everything too when you're ovulating because ancestrally it would be a time to signal that you are ready to mate. Just like animals. That's when you're ovulating. When you're ovulating. But then you feel confident post-ovulation. No. 
you feel confident doing it? I'm explaining the general way okay, that periods sorry. are explained. Then the week after ovulation is fall. That's when you're preparing. Or no, that's summer. After spring is summer. That's when you're preparing for... Um, or they say that's when you should do your most heavy exercise is summer. And then fall is right before your period. That's when PMS happens. And then you hunker down for winter again. Winter for us is pretty quiet. That's restful. That's when I feel like I need to go away and be by myself. Then spring is when, I mean, okay, seasons for me are pretty natural. Just like everybody else, like normal. I would explain them normally. But I feel like my winter is during my week before my period. That's when I PMS pretty strong. And I'm trying to figure that out because if my hormones were in balance, I wouldn't have PMS as bad, or at least. You don't have cramping as much if you have balanced hormones or breast tenderness. If you're all in balance, those things should not be issues. But if you're having heavy periods, super heavy, intense cramping, super sore boobs, you've got something out of whack what and it can be fixed. So how does your PMS like present itself? Or is that something we talk about later? No, that's a good question. My PMS is... Uh, and what does that mean? Sorry. Premenstrual syndrome. Sometimes I have postmenstrual syndrome. But you don't typically have during menstrual syndrome. No, and I... And I think that's a big misnomer. Mm-hmm. I do think that that might be a misconception, though I don't... Oh, look at the moon. Oh, wow. It's very big. Oh, it's, is it a... I it's a no, four. the fellow man's on Monday. was what you said uh, yesterday. Saturday. It's on oh. Saturday. I have it in my calendar as Saturday. Mm. Could be wrong. Could be. I put, I put the time at the beginning of my bullet journal every year. I put the times of when the full moons happen. So it might be tomorrow at like 10 a.m. So that's why I mean it's tomorrow. But the fullest, like tonight, would be more full than tomorrow night. Maybe. That's why I say Saturday. Well, that's pretty confusing. Anyway, PMS for me is um, kind of the inability to understand if... We were talking about, real quick, the clarification for PMS is pre. Pre-menstrual syndrome. Yes. But like growing up and until a few years ago, I thought like, oh, when you're on your period, that's when you're having like issues with your mood or whatever and any language i'm using i'm trying to do my best to articulate myself and i don't know what else to say but <laughs> when you're like i thought that during your period was like the hard time but it's not you know yeah that's pretty confusing well and it's hard in different ways your period is well sure like physically your period's hard but mm -hmm. like mentally it's a week or so before for you specifically so i feel like for couples to figure out like the patterns of that mm -hmm. would be really helpful you know I had to start admitting I mean when I am having some sort of weepy day or I just am uh, anger is not a feeling that I feel very often it's I tend to lean towards anxiety anger not so much but when I am angry and I can't figure out why when I can't make sense of what I'm feeling then I know I'm likely in the middle of a strong PMS day. And that's when I try to, before it gets bad, before it even happens, I try to tell you. Because in the moment, it feels so real. And it is real. 
when I'm, I don't know, my emotions are just heightened. That's really what's happening based on my hormones. To me, it seems kind of like, like when you're high, it's like there are things that are like magnified that are always there. Like there may be certain anxieties or things that frustrate you or um, ways of being that you think are relatively annoying. So they're always there. But then when you're high, sometimes they're like magnified to the point where it's like, oh my God, like my whole life is crumbling because I noticed this thing I don't typically notice. Right. So it's like a lot of the things that you get stuck on or bring up when you are PMSing are real things. Like it's real, like I'm being annoying in a certain way that is real life. But in that moment, it's like magnified. Mm-hmm. So you, it's hard to like differentiate because the the feelings and the things that you're having feelings because of are real but it's like trying to suss through them is really difficult right is that real or am i yes precisely i have learned that i need to take it easy during my pms week Uh, it's not a time that i should start taking on new projects because stress just makes pms worse for me in particular my self-talk just deteriorates. It's it's really quite terrible if I don't have a grip on it. And it's just for me to understand what's going on, for me to express to Baron that it's coming up or that it is going on, then he doesn't poke me so much. Not that you poke me, but like you just allow me to be me. And normally I have space to go and kind of do my own thing in and just... That's really what I need, is just to be by myself. So on days where we were just in the scamp, I would go on a walk, or Baron would go on a walk, or he'd go on a drive to the coffee shop. We had ways of getting around it, but I had to communicate Until it before. COVID, yeah, that kind of jacked us up. I had to communicate it before it got bad, and sometimes I still, I think I've got it, but then I start... Well, it's, a lot of times it seems like everything I do is like pinnacle frustrating. <laughs> I'm like trying to understand what I'm doing wrong, you know, and then me trying to understand what I'm doing wrong amplifies the problem because you're like, just just get out of here. And I'm like, well, I want to. What was I doing? And then if I try to like solve it, because I have a tendency to want to do that to like if we're having a problem, I want to figure out what's going on so we can like not have a problem. So if I do that. Then it amplifies it and it gets worse. Because I can't explain it. Yeah. I wish I could, and I hope that I can eventually. But giving giving me a warning is so helpful, because then I can be like, Elsa, let's like not do this like stressful thing that we're gonna do. Like, let's mm-hmm. not trip about this video today or tomorrow. Like, do it the next day. That's why we didn't upload a video this week. Is yeah. because last week was really stressful had a lot of new things come up and oh yeah once we decided no video it was like okay all right yes so sorry about it my week of my period for me feels like spring because it's the release it's the like all of the tension and stress that was happening during my pms phase now it's time to just start fresh it's like i was stacking a bunch of really heavy blocks onto my shoulders or something and then when my period starts all of those fall down and it's like oh why was I doing that anyway so spring is when I just start fresh summer is my favorite season so that's why I feel like 
the week after my period is my favorite because it's when I have the most energy. It's when I am excited to talk to people. And that's something that's nice. We should schedule all of our social events around that week of my period because mm. other than that, I or that week of my cycle. It's actually a really good idea. How did you notice this? Tracking my mood throughout the month. This is years. I did this for years. I know. I know. I know the answer to this. But oh, like okay. for people that don't know, like you're through bullet journaling and you actually like plotted your mood so you could go back and see graphs of like, oh, I was really pissed that day. What was going on? Mm -hmm. Oh, my sleep the night before was terrible. Or I was in X phase of my cycle. It was like all very. It was there. It was yeah. all obvious. It was a pattern every single month. And then once I kind of got a an understanding of like, oh, th this is what happens. And reading a ton of information, really incredible books that helped kind of solidify this and helped me learn not just based on my experience, but learn based on science and reality of how this all works. Then I could put it together. And now I just, I've spent time, I don't track anymore, but I just observe. And I think I'm more body literate. So I understand what's going on. So yeah, I'd say that's, I don't, had I not given myself the time to understand myself, I don't think I would still know how any of this works. But we had a lot of time and we were having a lot of issues trying to get around my PMS when I didn't know what it was. Because I, again, had it suppressed for so many years beforehand that I'd never experienced it as an adult until it, I was like 25. Point, we couldn't predict it. Like it wasn't something that you could forecast because you had no idea. So we would just like be in a big fight or whatever and then it would be like oh i was pmsing like that's that was a, f a factor in that mm -hmm. and for for me to like as a dude blame that sounds like chauvinistic right but it's like i'm not attempting to like blame all of our fights on your um i mean it's reality cycle. but like <laughs> it's very it, much reality well it, a lot of times they do coincide with you being in that phase of your well, cycle because i can't exactly reason with myself or with you. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I can't seem to do that. Whereas when we're in an argument during any other part of my cycle, any other of the three weeks, we can talk about it and I don't um, have a breakdown. Mm -hmm. I don't start crying. I, I can like understand why we have differing opinions. When I'm PMSing, it's like, uh, uh, I just, let's maybe not even talk. Let me go hide in a hole or something. And that's really hard for me. Like the, let's just not talk about it right now. Cause then I'm just like over here festering, you know, like I can't, I hate that. Especially like going to sleep that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, we're pissed. This sucks. But yeah, that is hard, but we try to make a, do a blend of both. Yeah. Talk about it, explain that I'm PMSing and then you give me space Yeah. when possible. Well, and it's easier. It's a lot easier now that like you generally let me know. Mm -hmm. Cause before, and then by the time, what really sucked is by the time you realized it, in the past, then you felt like, like guilty or shame or whatever for like, oh, it's all my fault, you know. Whereas like, in reality, it's not. Like you don't have any control over it. But for for like to be clear and like honest about that, then it's like now we can work through it. Whereas like when we're both just totally in the dark, there's nothing that we can really do about it. I should say though that there is. A level of control to be had over a cycle. There's a lot that one can do to change the health of their cycle with diet, exercise, and 
mind control, <laughs> mental practices like um, stress relief, general stress relief. Because sleep and stress and diet and exercise, those are all, it's like the makeup of our whole entire lives. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would say that you you can have an element of control. Of course, there's But like, in that moment, you can't. Or you, when you I can, am in the middle of a PMS mood swing... No. I feel like you can have far more control of it, though, when you know that that's what's going on. Yes, and then I can separate myself and go and be like, sit wow, on a rock I... and breathe. And you're like, well, I can't make sense of this. Yes. So let's not just continue fighting. Right. Whereas when you don't know, then you're like, well, let's keep fighting because he doesn't make any <laughs> sense, <laughs> you know? Anymore, though, uh, it's obvious. I, I very much absolutely know when I'm PMSing. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on um, my week after ovulation. It's usually just, I don't dread it, but I don't enjoy that time because I know that the spotting is coming and the spotting comes right before PMS. It's like halfway through my, well, it's like 10 days on the dot between three to 10 days before every period. And still figuring that out, but based on my hormone panel that I took, I am ovulating, which is great news. I think it and could be... And your hormones are a lot more balanced and yeah. everything's a lot better than you thought. I know. I know. It could just be an issue. I just... The thing that scared me for so long and that still kind of freaks me out is that this doesn't seem to be an issue that most people have. Just, I have a pretty healthy cycle. I feel like I'm making my PMS sound like I'm just a crazy psycho but it's don't even argue I, with I, me. I did all, everything I could <laughs> to control expression during that statement. I feel like <laughs> I my PMS. I don't know. It is what it is. But my cycle is generally really normal and really healthy, really normal lengths. Well, and I think it's probably not something that people would just talk about. Like spotting is not something that they, they'd be like, "Yep, it happens to me all the time," and just like put it on their Facebook. <laughs> like update their status well today i started yeah. spotting yeah 10 days yeah. until Facebook's, my period how are you feeling spotting kind of <laughs> sucks you know so it's it might be more common than you think because it's not something that people would like willingly talk about maybe it would be interesting if anybody got on youtube and told me about their experience with something like this um about negative self-talk during my week before period my self-talk when i'm ovulating is like i feel good everything is great i am a hot ass bitch language and then it just goes away right after that your your like confidence levels do not mirror how like awesome you are pretty much ever i know like your confidence level is like here and your level of achievement is like I don't. Ha I can't reach high enough, you know. I so to me, when you're like down on yourself, it makes no sense. I was just explaining to a friend this morning that I think, and this is not to blame anything or anyone, but my parents encouraged me to work really hard for everything that I had, and if I completed something, this is even still current. Like it happens, my parents say good job here's a way that you can make it even better 
So it's this kind of striving to be, because we had, I had two siblings, so there was always kind of a level of competition, even subconsciously, I think, between us and sent down from parents to be the best. We got to work hard and really do as well as we can. Whereas like someone like you. My parents were different and still are. Anything that you bring to them, they say, you are the child of God. (laughs) (laughs) You have really done a miracle here. Yeah, this is this is excellent. Great decisions. I wouldn't have made a different decision ever. You know, I'm like, okay, but can I have some feedback too? Then I think that's why I have some criticism, so I can, I don't know. Sometimes, like when I bring things to my dad, and he's like, "Yeah, good call." I'm like tight, <laughs> but like, could you poke any holes in my logic? Because that might be useful. But I think that's why I've been able to achieve a lot of things is because I try really hard to keep setting the bar higher. And I think that that's kind of a not a very healthy thing for me to do sometimes is I overdo that. And mine's kind of the opposite where like I can be content and I don't have like confidence issues a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't I don't need a lot. And you don't, don't need to be better. You don't need no. to be any more than you are because you are enough as you are. Right. And I don't ever feel like that. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more I need to do to be the best version of myself. Always, like I can't ever be the that. So yeah, I. And to I me, have... you do so much that I'm just like, this is dumb. Like <laughs> I don't say that straight up, but when you're coming to me with like, like lacking self confidence, it's like. This actually makes no sense. Like, in the, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, but if you compare yourself to anybody else, it's like you're doing awesome things. So for me to hear that is just like, I don't I don't have words for this. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can say all the nice things and, like, remind you of things, and sometimes that helps, but I don't know. I think the way that you are and the way that I am hopefully makes for a really wonderful human being one day. Yeah, and pretty cool relationship tends to have that. Yeah. Well, you help balance me out so much, and I feel like I balance you out a lot, too. Totally. A thousand percent. And that's how you make a great relationship, right? Yes. So my next topic was actually how Baron has been involved in all of this. And we've kind of, it's been, this has been great because we've jumped through everything to cover everything without having to like sit in sections. We yeah. always try to do an outline of podcasts and I don't know, it's nice when they just flow freely, but is there anything else that you'd like to, for the, for the guys out there? I think just transparency is huge. And the, one of the hardest things for guys that I still haven't totally figured out is like in the moment, <laughs> Like I've I've realized that the best thing for me to do if we're arguing and I'm like oh this isn't making sense and Elsa warned me that she's PMSing. Like about the worst thing I can do is be like oh it's because you're PMSing because <laughs> it's like it's not because I'm PMSing. Well, and also moment. that has such a stigma right. around it. But it shouldn't be like derogatory for you to ask for for like for someone to ask that or for a man or a spouse or significant other whatever to ask if if like this fight or like these things could have something to do with like your pms then i it sucks that that's so derogatory but to like figure out how to do that i think would be really useful because mm-hmm. there are some times that like normally i'll just let it cool off 
and we'll just kind of go our separate ways. And then either you'll come to me and be like, that was because of that. Or I'll ask you like once we're cooled off and then you'll be like, yeah, there's not like a real problem that is worse than normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that part's really hard. But then also like preemptively warning your significant other. And there are like apps for this and stuff. I've not used one because I kind of like thought that that was, <laughs> I don't know, kind of brutal. It's like I have this chart and I'm like, yep, <laughs> knew it, you know. But to really like work together with hormone cycles and try to be as predictive as possible, like forecast the weather if there's a tornado coming, like better to know because then you can do whatever needs to be done so that like you're comfortable. Whereas if I don't know, then I don't know to like treat you like softer. So then if I'm pushing as hard as normal or you're going through something and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like prodding you to try to figure out what's going on. Then that just doesn't help the situation at all. But if we both know and we're like treating it as a team thing versus like, oh, this is your problem. Mm -hmm. You know, then that sucks. But I like that's kind of it sounds like that, treating it like it's the girl's problem is a chauvinistic way to treat it, I think. But to treat it like a team thing, that makes a lot more sense from like both parties' perspectives. And the treating it like a team thing is really the only reason that I stuck with the education about it. Because you encouraged me to figure it out for the sake of us. Otherwise, if you had been like, cool, you do that over there. I, I don't know, I don't think I would have put as much energy into it but your support and also your support of what I was doing but also your interest in learning it yourself I think it's fascinating it should be but like it about I'm fascinated really by be. just like very many things yeah. that I don't understand but this is like really useful information that why don't why isn't this just common knowledge is and maybe it is and I'm just a knave it's not that's something on my list to talk about is when you Google this stuff, it's pretty pathetic. The what if you duck, duck, go it? Yeah. Same duck, deal? Duck, duck, go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it just is, kidding. Well, it is the same thing. If you try to get on a, an internet search engine and look for this information, you're not going to find it. It's going to be like WebMD telling you probably you're cancer. having issues, probably cancer. Get on birth control and it'll fix it. Mm -hmm. It's terribly, terribly sad. I'm going to list my favorite two books that I read were Period Repair Manual, and I can't remember the author of it right now, but I'll leave it in the YouTube description and the podcast show notes. And the uh, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. That one talks about the fertility awareness method, which is how you detect your ovulation based on your basal body temperature that you take every morning right when you wake up, your cervical fluid, and the height the position of your cervix so based on those three things you can figure out when you're ovulating probably, probably worth getting a good thermometer for that whole deal oh i know because i was just i told my naturopath oh my god my i'm like i should be dead my my temperatures are so low because you, your thermometer cost you six dollars and thirty cents it was twelve dollars but the battery was dying hmm. but i woke up at, with like 96 degrees and then i'm like baron he should am i okay and he took it in the same thing so it was just it's all better now dying. <laughs> yeah oops um but those two books i think are incredible if you really want to learn how this is all going they're books that are digestible it's just 
it was it filled me with so much knowledge that was easy to absorb that it was just sitting there waiting for me about my own body so I think I just totally ate it all up because I don't know it just felt like this is me this book was written about me when it's really just telling me about what a period is it was pretty cool um something that people ask a lot about like I said is how I operate my period itself and I'll just run through this pretty quick because it is pretty quick um tampons work if you've got like a bag to keep it in if you're off grid this these are scenarios where you don't have a bathroom you're off camping um traveling in like somewhere where you don't have toilets whatever you can do tampons I had stopped doing tampons before a while before we moved into the scamp because they tend to have bleaches and fragrances and your vaginal lining is so so thin that that just absorbs all of that and it's kind of like in college I don't know there were people who would like stick alcohol soaked tampons in their vaginas put it in your butt too oh yeah that's what that's what that band's called butthole surfers because oh well yeah so I I I've, I've never done that but playing around with those kind of toxins right in your vagina is a little bit just something to think about so I switched to a cup um and other people argue that a cup is silicone sitting up there too I don't know do what works for you I switched to a cup I did a lily cup it's for uh, high cervixes because I could never get like a diva cup out um, when I was doing a, a cup I would take a water bottle out with me far away um, you'd want to wash your hands before and after take a water bottle to rinse off baby wipe do the thing rinse it off before you put it back in you're done it's all good I kind of stopped using a cup because I only needed it for the first two days of my period. And those are the days where I tend to be crampy. And the cup kind of makes the cramps hurt worse. Because it's like some foreign object. That yeah, that's weird. like pushing. And so I just stopped. I don't have a heavy period, but I also don't have a super light period. What I do myself is I just fold up toilet paper. I go through a ton of toilet paper on my period. It just is what works for our current situation. And I drink a lot of fluid during my period and just go pee a lot. And that's how I handle it. At night, I just have to get up. I load up on the TP at night and I have to get up in the middle of the night. Sometimes the first two nights, but usually only the first night. Um, it's take nice care when of it. we have the wood stove because then you can just immediately burn it. That was next it. is I take care of the TP by burning it in the wood stove in the winter. And in the summer, I take a plastic, or not a plastic, a paper bag and I put my toilet paper in that paper bag or like a beer box in this like a cardboard box good idea i've never done that before but that's what i would do (laughs) (laughs) then i after a couple days i burn the whole thing no big deal it's just it's easier to have a partner who is okay with that because i don't know i try not to it doesn't trip me out like i see it and it's like it is it's not what like, it is. It's yeah. not like I try to go and like look at this right. in front of you because I well I don't do that it. when I wipe my butt either, <laughs> right. You know? Thank you. But I don't know. I think to like get over that and not trip about it is pretty important when you're living in a tiny space. Like right. This. Some people wonder if I dig holes every time I pee when I'm on my period, and definitely not. And the bear thing. That I think has been proven to be a misconception. I'm not sure. I mean, we've never had bears. 
like we've seen bears so infrequently that if that was the case, then we'd probably see more bears. I read a book this uh, I think it was called Sacred Plant Medicine, and it was talking about how indigenous cultures would leave when they harvested plants, plant medicine, plant foods, they would leave a gift, tobacco or um, spit, or I think this book even said urine um, as a gift to the plants to give back from my body to yours, you're giving from your body to me. And I read in some other somewhere that um, menstrual blood used to be seen as also sacred. So if that's what you're into, cool. There's a whole like community of people who do like period blood paintings and like put it on, on their under eyes and hmm. apparently it has a lot of healing properties but I more let, than like normal blood I haven't looked into it a whole lot myself it's kind of like the moon thing I'm into it for sure and it's kind of taboo it is very taboo periods are taboo yeah so like <laughs> doing eye black with your it's like it's kind of another level yeah it's interesting I don't mean to laugh at it like dismissively I just think it's, I mean it's it's kind of funny and that comes along that comes with the people talking about this more. Yeah. People being more open with it. I so far have really only been open with it open about it with Baron and I've talked about it a little bit on YouTube, but I think that's all and there's a lot to learn here, is I guess all that I'm saying. But I just let that goes to the ground. Poop is another story, but period blood I do not dig a hole for anybody who is curious. Um current happenings like i said i am working with a naturopath not a western medicine doctor but a naturopath to focus on diet and lifestyle more so than what medicine should i take to fix this it's more of a root cause functional medicine is also kind of the term what's the root cause how do we fix it from the root and so far we're learning that my adrenals are pretty shot that what could that be mean? from, I think the adrenals are related to stress. Like adrenaline and yes. what's the stress hormone? I forget. Cortisol. Yeah. So do adrenals secrete both adrenaline and? That's something that I don't know. But in the afternoon, my adrenals are very low. And I don't, I don't know, I don't pick myself up with a ton of caffeine or anything. But I think what she told me is like in the winter, we don't sleep. We are tending to our wood stove two to three times a night. Uh, so this could be, I don't know if this is how it is all year round, but, hmm. um, I hadn't thought about that. definitely right now my adrenals are shot after not having sufficient sleep. And how is that measured by high cortisol levels? I don't know. I took, I peed on some paper and she just said your adrenals are shot. She didn't say how she knows. Um, I guess I could have asked. I don't know. I didn't ask, like she's giving me a ton of information. I didn't say how do my adrenal systems work? My estrogen is high. It's going down a couple pathways of growth, growth pathways. So we're trying to um, figure out. Which is out like a precursor to cancer, right? Yes. Trying to figure out how to detox properly so that that stops because the estrogen, especially going when you have too much estrogen and it's going down those growth pathways, that's what leads to cervical cancer, uterine cancer, breast cancer. We don't want that. Um, other things, B6 was low. But generally... I've got a bunch of great things going on. No cellular damage, which is kind of a weird one that I have stuck on, but I have no um, pathways leading to cellular damage. 
or something that she said. So I don't know how that is, but makes Sounds me feel good. Ideal. Because I think that can then lead to things like Parkinson's and hmm. what's the other thing? Like degenerative Alzheimer's. Diseases. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I took the Dutch test. That's the most common hormone testing test that you can do. And I knew about this with based on a previous naturopath that I'd had. And I'd been wanting to take this for a long time since. I just hadn't had, like, you kind of want to have somebody guide you through it so that you can then treat what's happening. But I would recommend if anybody is curious or is having issues, the Dutch test is a good one. And I really encourage you to take a look at it now before things get worse. Just do it now. What are you waiting for? Like, invest in yourself right now. Because later it'll get harder and it'll get more expensive and now is the time. And I believe, and my naturopath believes, that I will be able to fix this spotting and that I will be able to conceive one day whenever we're ready. It's not, we're not trying to, like, right now by any means. I just want to make sure that things are, I have we some time to We need to at least get our house it. done. Yes. And I just wanted some time to fix any issues that I may have instead of, like, going into it with issues and then being upset. That and we're learning that a lot of the issues that you do have are stress-based. Yes. So then it's like working through how to <laughs> heal your stress and your self-image and those types of things because those just spiral into everything else. I know. I hope that having stability here, I mean, it's obvious having stability on our land, I've gained like a solid five to 10 pounds in the last year just by existing. And it's like you're very healthy and yes. strong and you're not yes. like gaining weight right negatively i just feel like i've settled so hopefully my whole physiology everything can just settle and that's an interesting thing to hit on real quick is like reframing that what part of it when you gain you gained a little bit of weight and in your head that's like all bad but like i think you look great and you're healthy and you can like keep up with me and everything and you're not like getting unhealthy you're getting healthier by gaining weight which there's, is like okay for dudes, but not okay for women. I know there's a stigma against gaining weight, but now there's also a thing of l loving your body even when you are overweight. Mm -hmm. Past history of eating, making poor decisions with my eating choices has led me to not to be really afraid of gaining weight. Um, but now I'm understanding that it's necessary in order to like hold a fetus within my stomach seems important to not be well and for most of the stuff that we do day to day yeah just living like, at elevation yeah for you to be, to be like muscular real thin is not useful no no that's something that is uh i mean over the winter you gain extra pounds and i did that for sure and i was pretty going through like a big funk over the winter in general so just then on top of that, putting on extra pounds felt really bad. But now it's summer and now I can be active. And if I'm putting on extra weight, I mean, we're eating more. We're eating more meat. We're eating more cooked meals because I've we're not moving. I've been eating a lot more, like well, recently. You're burning like a million calories a day doing the projects that we're doing right now. They're cool. Which are very exciting. And we should probably go to bed mm -hmm. soon. The sun is setting. Can we turn on our new sign right now? Yes. I think this is the first episode that we've had our new sign. Here we go. Here we go. 
Hop on YouTube if you want to see it. Hey. Wow. How nice. Big shout out to Matt Corona. Thanks, Matt. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. It actually acts as a really nice little LED light when you're working in here at night, too. Yeah, it does. It's been awesome to have. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope that you catch us in the next one. And always leave comments below of what you'd like to hear. And share it with your friends, too, if you think. Or with your significant other, whether you're male or female, maybe this could be helpful, hopefully. If you think it will be, then do that. If you don't, then <laughs> still do that. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Please give us a five-star review if you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on this episode, head over to my website, normal2nomad.com, which is linked in the show notes. And if you want to see what we're up to, visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Elsa Ray.